Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Are we looking at the first black ops run for the presidency in U.S. history? What do I mean by that? Well, President Trump's going to speak this weekend at CPAC, and I can almost guarantee you, guarantee, take it to the bank, cash that check, spend the money, that President Trump's speech at CPAC uh, will be censored. Now, we'll be live streamed on Rumble. Of course, you know, I'm an investor there in Rumble. They will not censor it. We actually believe in free speech. But I can almost assure you that that speech on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and elsewhere, Instagram, all these other Soviet-style Pravda channels, will censor his speech. So what's going to happen if he decides to run in 2024? I've got some theories on that. Some good theories. Because there are two tracks they can take. And neither one of them is a good one for the speech police. What? Mm. Mm. Hang tight. I got that. Got a lot more in the show. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. For peace of mind online, get a VPN today. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I've also got some. Listen, I love Friedman videos. I'm, I love them. I love them. So Ro Khanna, this um, liberal radical congressman gave one of the worst interviews ever about minimum wage, basically saying he don't really care about small businesses. I've got some Milton Friedman resurrecting the great Friedman from the grave to show you the real mechanics behind the disaster of uh, minimum wage and why we do care about things like small businesses, because we're conservatives. It's liberals who don't care. Again, today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Hey, you don't have to give big tech websites access to your data. Why would you do that? I choose to protect my online activity by using ExpressVPN. You hear them at the beginning of every show. You ever wonder how free to access social media companies make all their money? Well, they sell you. Nothing's free. You're the commodity. They track your searches, video history, everything you click on, and they sell it. When you use ExpressVPN, you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. Nice. That makes your activity difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your data to protect you from eavesdroppers on your network. And the ExpressVPN app really couldn't be any easier to use. You know I'm not a tech genius. It's really simple. You just tap one button on your phone or computer and you are protected. Take back your online privacy today with the VPN I use and trust at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Go to my link. And what do you get? You get an extra three months of ExpressVPN service for free on a one-year package. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Bongino, expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Protect your data today. All right, producer Joe, let's go. Very excited. (laughs) Yes, yes. What happened? I didn't hear anything. You didn't hear anything. The bell didn't activate. The Rush Limbaugh bell. It'll be from that. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. I got a backup plan. Wait, wait, stand by. (laughs) I saw one. Thank you, Kenny Bell. There we are. But the Rush Limbaugh bell will be the technical bell in honor of the great Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, it happens sometimes. Don't blame producer Joe. (laughs) Sometimes there is a technical mix-up, but very rare given his excellence. All right. I'm excited about today's show because shockingly, it's a really big news day. I know it doesn't seem as much because we've got the ever boring, atrocious Joe Biden in office, Um, but there is a lot going on. But first, let's get to this story. I teased it in the beginning. President Trump is going to speak at CPAC this weekend up in Orlando. I will be there giving a speech on Friday afternoon. I don't know the time. I think around 4 p.m. But, you know, it always depends on who speaks long and who speaks short. 
I've spoken at CPAC now how many times, Paul? Like five or six times. And there's a little clock in front of you. They give you eight to 10 minutes. And as Joe knows from having been at CPAC with me just about mm-hmm. every year for the past five or six years, some speakers just don't care. <laughs> the eight minutes thing is up. There's a sign at the bottom. It says like, Get the hell off the stage right now, or we will bring out the guy like the Apollo Theater where they bring the hook out and grab you. And right, Joe, some people just don't care. Which, what happens? That's your thing. Eight minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And how, who cares? They do their thing. So I don't know exactly what I'm going to be speaking, but I'm pretty sure it'll be Friday. President Trump is speaking on the weekend. Why does this matter? What does this have to do with anything? Well, folks, let me tell you something. I got a story in the show notes about it today. So check that out. Um, Bongino.com slash newsletter to access the show notes. Because I am now, I'm guaranteeing you, I am, this is my Stygian witch's moment. Give me the eye where you can say, the kids are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Watch Clash of the Titans. Not the terrible new version, the old Harry Hamlin version. One of the best movies ever. The Stygian witches supposedly can tell the future with the eye. Give me the eye. I'm telling you through the eye right now that this will become the start of a huge censorship drive to knock out, before it even starts, a Trump 2024 ticket. You're like, Dan, it's 2021. How could It is 2021, right? Fact checking, just checking. It's 2021. What the hell are we talking about 2024 ready for? Because it's on right now. No, no, it's not. No, it is. It is. I'm telling you, I'm reasonably confident President Trump is going to run in 2024. Not reasonably, overwhelmingly confident President Trump is going to run in 2024. This is effectively his first campaign speech this weekend at CPAC, and it will be censored. Mark my words, book it. I'd give you the time, but they tell you because we're on terrestrial radio, never to give the time and the date, right, Joe? Because if it's if it That's airs right. later in the day, people are, I don't care. We don't follow those rules Evergreen. anyway. Mm-hmm. Book it. Mark the time on your own watch, whatever. Mark my Vincero there. Mark the time. They will censor this speech. YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook will block out portions of this speech this weekend at CPAC. None of that's um, you know unexpected. That's not breaking news, right, Joe? Like, tech tyrants are going to ban the uh, former president, a prominent American political figure. But there's no breaking news. They're Soviets. Huh. That's what they do. Huh. They're Soviet speech censors, anti-civil liberties activists. That's not the breaking news. The breaking news is this is going to be a real problem, ladies and gentlemen, because we may be creating, as I said, the first black ops presidential campaign in U.S. history. What do I mean by that? I'm not talking like Jason Bourne stuff here, James Bond. President Trump was most likely going to run for president in 2024. This is going to be his first campaign speech. And what they are going to do is they are going to YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook by banning these speeches, they are going to teach a generation of Americans unaccustomed with the breaking out of the tech tyrant stranglehold on information. They are going to teach them how to find information through other channels. We'll call it the Black Ops presidential run. Do you like this? You like this? How are we doing with this theory so far? You like We got a new crew here. Mm-hmm. And I, the Black Ops, what do you think? You like that? But Gee likes it. Uh, you get what I'm saying, folks? There are... Now, us younger folks out there, and by younger, I mean a little younger than me. Uh, how old am I, Paula? 47? 46? You sure? I always forget. I'm 47. I'm talking about people a little younger than me. They're savvy, folks. They know how to get information everywhere. Rumble, Parlor, Gab, whatever it may be. Cloud Hub. They know how to find information on non-tech tyrant channels. Joe, as the ombudsman, you get what I'm saying here? Yeah. They get it. Sure. But a lot of yeah. older folks, understandably, who grew up on television and terrestrial radio, right. it's no fault of their own. 
They didn't grow up on the tech. So the tech's a little less manageable for them. And it's hard to find this stuff. I'm telling you, a lot of older folks who are Trump supporters who are now not going to be able to find information on the mainstream media, CBS, ABC, um, NBC, CNN, MSNBC. They're not going to be able to find the Trump speech or any Trump speeches from this point on because they will censor them because their Soviets are going to learn right quick, as they say down in the South, how to access other channels like Rumble and Parler and other outfits out there. And we're going to create an entire generation of speakeasy presidential campaigns with people who have to uh, engage in shibboleths and code words to get inside the door. Think about that. People are going to be at uh, dinner parties and stuff with the CPAC speech. Did you see the Trump speech? You know, and, and some say some older folks, maybe not as tech savvy. They said, no, I, I couldn't. I tried to watch it on on online and Facebook banned it. You know, a lot of older folks are on Facebook, right? No, they banned it. And then someone's going to tell them, hey, hey, shh, don't tell anyone. But there's this Rumble channel, rumble.com slash whatever. And you can see this speech over there. Oh, how do I do that? And they're going to pick up their phone, right? And they're going to go, sh- and they're going to show them right there how to do it. And it's going to create an entire generation of people who have circumvented the mainstream media blockade. Like the Chinese government, except private companies do it here. Chinese government doesn't allow open internet in China. In here, private in the United States, private companies do all the censoring for everyone. You are going to create a generation of people who know how to jump over the wall of censorship and figure it out. So, in the end, I know this is a terrible thing we're living through right now, the big tech tyranny. I get it. And we have to fight it with every single fiber of our souls and beings. I get it. I think in the end, the mainstream media is going to create an entirely parallel information ecosystem, which I've been talking about for a long time. And I think it starts this weekend as the political speech speakeasies and code words develop. What's, what's that movie? Uh, Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, the, uh, not the car, the eyes, uh, eyes wide shut. That was a dreadful movie. Remember, he wants to go to this party, party air quotes, and there's like, there's a password. What's the Fidelio, the password. No, that's the outside password. There's an inside password. There's going to be a password now. You're going to, to speak openly about the Trump speech this weekend, you're going to have to give like a password. The password is MAGA67. You're going to have to give a password to talk openly now with your friends about the Trump speech, and your friends are going to have to teach you how to access the Trump speech because we live in a Soviet China model economy, information economy, that is, where private companies do all the censoring censoring and anti-civil liberties activism for the government that would love to do it itself. Now, I said to you in my tease this morning that there are two things could happen. Well, number one, the blackout will continue. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter will block all Trump speeches from this point on or pieces of them. Or, and mo- they, I'm telling you they will do that. If they do that, so that's option one, what'll happen? I told you what'll just happen. I don't even think this is all a net negative. I think you will teach people to bypass the mainstream media information Pravda channels and work their way around it so in the long run, we're more fortified. So I don't even think their blockade is that bad of a thing. I think it's bad they're doing it, but I don't think the results will be that terrible for us. Or option number two could happen. What's option number two? They fold. Why would they fold? Maybe saying to yourself, Dan, what's the incentive for left-wing, you know, 
fake platforms like YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook who will ban Trump speech this week. And what's the incentive? They're not really platforms. They're liberal publishers. That's what they are. That's just a fact. It's not open for argument. Liberals, if you want to argue with me during the show, fight, you argue, scream at your radio all you want. You just don't know what you're talking about. I'm very sorry. Educate yourself a little bit. They're not platforms. They're publishers. Why would they fold? They hate Trump. They hate conservatives. We know that. That's obvious. Because they have to. Because these left-wing media outlets need clicks. And Joe, wouldn't you say that despite the liberal rage toward Donald Trump, they just can't quit the Trumpster? They just can't stop. They can't. Now, I always like to produce information to back up my assertions. You're saying, Dan, that eventually either they continue the blackout and they lose because we develop ways around the blackout and teach generations of Americans how to get around the Soviet uh, media Pravda censorship machine. So that's number one. That'd be a good outcome. Terrible thing, but a good outcome. Or option number two is they completely fold and have to broadcast the Trump speeches anyway, which is likely to after a while. They'll blackout for a little while. Why? Here's an article by... Uh, pointer.com, whatever that is. Oh, I forgot the screenshot thing. We'll get to the, can we, you know, let me just get to that first. I'm sorry, because I don't want to go out of order. They get the, so CPAC, by the way, in case you don't think Trump is still a huge draw, <laughs> my own notes are, t- I got to get a better system. I, I can't even read my own handwriting. I'm a doctor. I wish I thought like one. I'd be a quadrillionaire. CPAC this weekend. Here's a screenshot. What am I showing you this for? Joe, you notice something on CPAC? You know, hmm. Once they announced Trump was coming in, Trump, uh, nobody cares about Trump. That's the liberal. No, you can't. Trump, terror. Uh. Mm-hmm. Interesting that you can't even get into CPAC. Right. Your premium <laughs> silver package sold out. <laughs> General tickets sold out. The only thing you get is a premium gold package right now. And even that's limited availability. So Trump, you know, the liberals, uh, nobody cares about Trump. We're all moving on. Are you really moving on? Because look at the, you're all sold out everywhere at CPAC. Here's that point of article I was talking. This is from July 17th of 2015 by a Kristen Hare. The Huffington Post is going to cover Trump as entertainment, not politics. Remember that? Remember when they tried that? That lasted, what, about a week at the Huffington Post? Why? Because they humiliated themselves and they know their liberal uh, readers cannot possibly quit Donald Trump. Because why, Joe? It's revenue. It's clicks. For all the nonsense, the New York Slimes and the Washington Post, ABC, NBC, CBS, the Brian Stelters of the world about how evil and awful Trump is, for all that nonsense, they profited handsomely, Armacost, oh. off the Trump years. Yeah. Handsomely. Using Stelter and handsomely in the same sense, by the way, <laughs> is a dr- really dreadful yeah, faux pas. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about you this weekend, by the way. Oh, no. I was at a, a Martin County, the Martin County Fair this weekend, which is really great. You know, my daughter, we had a blast. I love my daughter watching the smile on her face is amazing. And, you know, it's rough because I'm with my daughter. Luckily, I had people there. and People want to stop and take selfies and chat, which is cool. But my daughter's young and she'll run away, which is like, hey, I got to like check out. You know, I got to <laughs> keep an eye on everything. But. So they were asking me about, you know, you and how long you've been in the business, Joe. And I said, well, one of the things about Joe is he understands the business better than anyone. Mm. And one of the things on the show, we were on terrestrial radio now. So if there's more than like seven seconds of silence, mm. a lot of these radio stations will kick to a best of because they assume there's a problem. So one of the things Joe does is if I want to, I was telling this lady that mm-hmm. if I'm like silent to make a point, Joe will be in the background. Eh, eh. Yeah. 
<laughs> so some of you are like, why does Joe always make those sound effects? It's for a reason. It's so we don't kick to a best of on terrestrial radio. Signal, I just yeah. thought I'd bring that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they think it's a dead air. Yeah. And then it kicks to it, but we can't have that. So the, hence Joe's grunting sometimes. Now you know the inside baseball. Moving on, though, because this is important. The Trump 2024 campaign, which I'm telling you is starting this weekend at CPAC. At Tip Rush Limbaugh, don't doubt me. Don't doubt me. It starts this weekend. The first black ops campaign, speakeasies, code words, everything. Nikki Haley. What does that have to do with any of this? Here's an article. It was interesting. It'll be in the show notes again. Please check it out. Bongino.com slash newsletter. The newsletter is the show notes. Nikki Haley's gift to her 2024 contenders by Jeremy Beeman. Does commentary, Washington Examiner. Well, now that we know President Trump is going to run in 2024, or I shouldn't say we know, I'm relatively confident he's going to. I'd be stunned, candidly, if he did not. The gist of this article is Nikki Haley, who I, I just don't trust folks at all. I'm very sorry. Nikki, Nikki Haley is a, <laughs> what a Freudian slip. I was going to say licks her finger and, you know, which way is the wind is blowing? <laughs> well, Nikki Haley. Licks every, which way is the political wind? She changes her mind anytime on, on Trump. One day she loves Trump because someone told her there was a focus group poll for Trump that said he was down in the polls. The next day, uh, or up in the polls, the next day she sees a poll where he's a little down. She doesn't like Trump. I, I don't like that. I, I don't like that, okay? Trump makes mistakes like anyone else. Fair to call everyone out. But this constant back and forth is making me sick. So the gist of this article, given that we're going to see the opening of the Trump 2024 campaign this weekend and the media response to it, which is going to be fascinating. Has Haley done them all a favor? Haley took a stand against Trump, Joe. About January 6th, she took a stand. Well, she dialed that stand back, stand. In a Wall Street Journal op-ed, she wrote. So the point of the article is an interesting one that Nikki Haley's kind of the trial balloon for other 2024 candidates who are probably thinking about taking on Donald Trump in a primary. A lot of them are watching what happened with Nikki Haley's about face. She was all over Donald Trump a couple weeks ago. Oh my gosh, I don't know why we followed this guy. Ah! And she writes an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. Well, he did a lot of good things. If you're watching on Rumble, you get the point. I wouldn't actually lick my finger because that's super gross. But you get the idea. She changed her mind overnight. So a lot of 2024 candidates who may be thinking about running against Trump are probably doing the same thing. They're probably saying to themselves, Joe, wow, this Nikki Haley, that was a 180. That may be a 672. That may have been a 1,000. That was like, bing, bing, bing. I mean, the whiplash, they must be saying this probably didn't work out for Nikki Haley. So maybe we should watch what happens to her first before we come out and decide to take a stand against Donald Trump in 2024. Interesting. Mm. We'll see the response people get at CPAC this weekend. Could be fascinating. Is that a hint? Getting my, getting my hint. No, it's a good hint. It's a good hint. It's all right. What are the hints? The hints are, you know, when I go, sometimes, see, I, I, again, this is one of those topics I had planned on spending five minutes on and I've fallen in love with it unexpectedly. The black ops campaign for the presidency and the Nikki Haley response, the Nikki Haley lick your finger trial balloon. Everybody's watching what's going to happen with Haley. If Haley goes down in flames over the next year or two, they will attribute it 
to that moment she attacked Donald Trump. The only similar situation I can think of where a political career was thrown down the drain so fast. You remember it? Anyone? Any guesses? Any guess? Where a prompt, Nikki Haley was the grand dame of the Republican movement. They, everybody loved her. Everybody, all of a sudden, Nikki Haley's reputation thrown away overnight. Everybody's watching if she can recover. Can you think of the other one? I know in the audience, you know, some of you are screaming it out right now. Marco Rubio. She knew it. Paula knew it. You know why she knew it? I was living in Severna Park when Rubio came out for the immigration plan that had a lot of liberal ideas in it. And I was actually in the bathroom. I don't know if I was brushing my teeth or whatever. And Paula came in. We heard it on what, Joe? WCBM, where Armacost used to be the morning producer. (laughs) And they said, Rubio supports this immigration plan. That was the end of Marco Rubio. That was it. You don't understand, folks, for you younger kids out there who just got into politics, Rubio was a messianic figure for Republicans. He had beaten Charlie Chris for the Senate seat. He was a messianic figure on the upper level of the Mount Olympus of Republican candidates. Collapsed overnight. Can he recover? We'll see. Remember that? I think this is that Nikki Haley just had her moment there, her Rubio moment. And everybody's watching. If she doesn't recover, Trump will have a clean path to 2024. No one will run against him because they'll realize the futility of it. All right, man, I went to, that's, really, that may be the longest extension of a topic. I'm not even done with that. I got another part of you. So just quick, some news about uh, media censorship, which is really, really bad. You're not going to want to miss that. Today's show also brought to you by my friends at Brickhouse. Brick, it says Brickhouse. Yes. Nutrition facts. Look at that. Why does that matter on the back? You see that? I got to spin a little slow. The wrists don't work like they used to. Breakhouse nutrition. It says nutrition facts because this is not supplement by the definition. This is a nutrition. This is actual whole fruits, fresh fruits and vegetables. Look at Ground up into a fine smelling, even better tasting powder. This is the wild berry flavor. Why? Because we all know fresh, fresh fruits and vegetables are great for our health. Life's about habits, right? We've been more focused than ever on our health. How do you plan to ensure your body's immune system is primed and ready to rock and roll? I'll tell you what I do. I take Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. I like both flavors. Uh, The wild berry is pretty good. I take it twice a day. It is loaded with antioxidants. Field of Greens is packed with 18 fresh fruits and vegetables, plus green tea, ginger, turmeric, and beets. It is an unbelievably powerful combination. Folks, Every single credible doctor and nutritionist tells you to eat more fruits and vegetables. Do they not? So why don't you do it? Because they're hard to prepare, right? What if we just ground them up, put them in a jar, you put a scoop in and you had your fruits and veggies right there, complete with pre and probiotics, field of greens, not only good for you, it's good for the entire family, even the athletes and the kids in the house. Just put one scoop in a glass of water, stir. I I put it sometimes in tomato juice, sometimes in green tea, throw it in a protein shake. Paula, what do you take? You take it in water, right? Paula drinks it in water. She likes water. How do you get this unbelievable product? Go today to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Get 15% off your first order with promo code Dan at checkout. Available in multiple flavors. It's delicious. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Use promo code Dan today. Don't wait. Pick this stuff up. It's fantastic. All right. Thanks, BrickHouse. Hey, just a quick note before I get back to this topic. Um, A lot of you have been emailing me, sending me social media messages, understandably, and I appreciate it, asking me about two things. I promise you, 
later in the week, I will get to both parlor and my health. It won't be, don't worry, I'm not going to wear you out with my stuff. Just, I've been getting a lot of questions and I think it's only fair given that you've lived through a lot of this stuff with me, both with parlor and my issue um, that I update you. And uh, I've been just quiet on it because I don't want to make this show about me. It's about stuff that's going on. But I promise later in the week, I will have an update and why it's taken so long to update you on that stuff will make a world of sense. It's just better to wait. Thank you for your patience on that. Okay, getting back to the show. Quickly, why am I bringing this up to do uh, today again, the 2024 Black Ops campaign? Because look, Trump's first interview, the Epic Times, again, a story will be in the show notes today by Zachary Stiber. YouTube takes down new Trump interview. Again, I'm not just making this stuff up. Uh, President Trump went on Newsmax to speak to the great Greg Kelly, who does a terrific job over there, and they censored the speech. Here's another one, by the way. Remember that Clubhouse thing? There's a, an app out there where you can have unfettered conversations, Joe, what we yeah. used to call free speech yes. before the communists took the country over. Here's Judd Legum, um, known anti-free speech advocate on his Twitter account. He's listening to this conversation. It's pretty clear to me the Clubhouse is successful in part because you say dumb stuff and it's harder to be held accountable for it. What he's really saying is you're not, free speech is gone and I should be able to listen in on all your nonsense. That's what he's really saying. I'm telling you, this stuff is going to grow. This stuff is going to get worse. They are going to start banning all of his speeches and they're going to create for us an entirely parallel economy, which through Parler and Rumble, I was very proud to be a part of. All right, moving on. So Ro Khanna was on CNN this weekend. Ro Khanna is a radical far leftist, borderline communist, I would argue. Um, Ro Khanna knows nothing about economics. Ro Khanna doesn't know much about much, which is perfect. That's why he got elected to Congress, where all the stupid people tend to aggregate. I've said often, and I've always wondered, how is it that the dumbest people in America all manage to make their way to one spot in Washington, D.C. and get elected? It's crazy. It's really bizarre. With very few exceptions, all the dopey people who couldn't succeed in the real world wind up making their way onto Capitol Hill. Just incredible. You would think by mistake they'd elect a smart person once in a while. No such luck, not on the Democrat side. So one of the dopey ones, Ro Khanna, was on, I think this is CNN, um, and he was asked about this new push by Joe Biden and his um, anti-economics, anti-science folks, push for a $15 hour minimum wage, which would promptly bankrupt a lot of small businesses in America, but Ro Khanna doesn't care. Uh, Ro Khanna's like, ah, we don't really need those small businesses. No, it's exactly what he said. And watch how he couches it in some kind of like compassionate emotion-based argument. We can get to that. I'm going to get to Friedman, a, vi a video by Milton Friedman after that. But I want you to pay attention to a couple things in this Khanna, Ro Khanna soundbite here. Number one, Ro Khanna, radical leftist communist congressperson, pays nothing for small businesses and yet is commenting on what other small businesses should pay their employees. He pays nothing. He's imposing a cost on you that doesn't affect him one bit. Second, notice how he uses emotion. Again, not reason. They do this, in, or I discussed this on Friday, how liberals do this in arguments about immigration all the time. They base their arguments on emotion, not fact or reason. Notice how he does it here. And he says what businesses should do, not what they can't do. That's an emotional argument. What businesses should do. Businesses should do a lot of things, but a lot of them can't because they don't have them. And then third, the knowledge problem. How Ro Khanna magically seems to understand the spreadsheets and budgets of every small business in America and what they have to spend on human capital, despite Ro Khanna knowing absolutely none of that. Pay attention to those three things this cut. Check this out. Large businesses like Amazon uh, and McDonald's, for example, can 
can and perhaps should pay more. But I'm, I'm wondering, what is your plan for smaller businesses? How does this, in your view, affect mom and pop businesses who are just struggling to keep their doors open, keep workers on the payroll right now? Well, they shouldn't be doing it by paying people low wages. We don't want uh, low-wage businesses. I think most successful small businesses can pay a fair wage. If you look at the minimum wage, it increased with worker productivity until 1968, and that relationship was severed. If workers were actually getting paid for the value they were creating, it would be up to $23. So I love small businesses. I'm all for it. But I don't want small businesses that are underpaying employees. It's fair for people to be making what they're producing. And I think $15 is very reasonable in this country. You catch it? Did you catch all the Democrat economic fallacies all in one segment? That's why I use this. Number one, Ro Khanna pays nothing. Ro Khanna is a buffoon, which is almost a, if you're a Democrat congressman, I'm like saying, I don't even have to add that. Like, of course you're a buffoon. You got elected to Congress as a Democrat. He pays nothing. Zero. You do in your business. But Ro Khanna, who is an incompetent economic buffoon in Congress, apparently knows. He knows about your business and he wants to impose conditions on you and your free open association relationship with your employees because he apparently knows better. Fascinating how Ro Khanna pays zero. You will have to pay a lot. And yet Ro Khanna is on TV talking about conditions he wants to impose upon you. Very interesting. Call that the other party payer problem. Democrats love that imposing conditions on others that they don't have to meet themselves. The second part, notice what he says about businesses. They should, they should be paying. Yeah, businesses should be doing a lot of things, but some businesses are constrained, Joe. Businesses are constrained because sometimes their sales Mm -hmm. and their expectations of what they should be doing don't meet those expectations and therefore they become constrained. That's probably a condition imposed upon 99% of small businesses who aren't unlimited in their budgets. Unlimited business budgets only exist in Rokana's economic world. In the real world, businesses are constrained. Sales are limited. Customers stop coming in. Product lines fail all the time. In those constrained environments, businesses have to save funds. They can't pay people unlimited amounts of money if those people aren't producing the requisite amount of sales and numbers to provide the capital where they can pay them. But Rokana doesn't know that. He's just spouting over the mouth. Third, the knowledge problem. Notice how Ro Khanna there is just randomly talking about every small business in the United yes. States he wants to impose a blanket condition on, yep. despite Ro Khanna knowing nothing about any of those businesses. Isn't that weird, Joe? Has he interviewed every business owner in the United States? Does he know their economic condition? Does he know if they're struggling? Even worse, does he know if they're losing money every month? And therefore, not only do they not have extra money to play employees, they don't have enough money to pay themselves as business owners. As a matter of fact, they're losing money. But many of them. But Ro Khanna doesn't know that. He just talks about every business in the United States like he knows them. It reminds me of that time, Paul. I remember we were at Politicon and we ran into that complete buffoon, Malcolm Nance. There was a shuttle going back and forth in this political van. Unfortunately, I didn't know who this guy was. He's some liberal lunatic. He was sitting next to us on this van and just spouting off about how he he knew every black voter in America, what they were thinking or something like that. And I challenged him on his blanket statements. I'm like, you've interviewed every black voter. uh, The knowledge problem. Liberals, they think they know what everybody's saying all the time. Um, It's obviously ridiculous. So when in doubt, I always go to my go to the great Milton Friedman, who had a lot to say on the minimum wage. 
Milton Friedman explains how the minimum wage here is about a minute and 30 clip, but it's worth your time. How the minimum wage not only doesn't help people at the bottom wage of the wage scale, but actually harms them. Because if businesses don't have the money, because they don't have the sales to justify paying people a higher wage, then what do those businesses do? Here's a shocker for the liberals listening, like Ro Khanna. They wind up having to let go workers because they don't have the money to pay. And then what's even worse is they don't hire new workers later. So now you don't have new hires and you're getting rid of the hires you have now. That sounds like what they call the old double whammaruski. Those are two really bad things. But Ro Khanna doesn't know any of that because Ro Khanna is not really that bright. Unlike Milton Friedman, who is a genius. God rest his soul. Check this out. The fact is that the programs that are labeled as being for the poor, for the needy, almost always have effects exactly the opposite of those which their well-intentioned sponsors intend them to have. As an example, what are you referring to? Let me give you a very simple example. Take the minimum wage law. It's well-meaning sponsors. There are always, in these cases, two groups of sponsors. There are the well-meaning sponsors, and there are the special interests who are using the well-meaning sponsors as front men. You almost always, when you have bad programs, have an unholy coalition of the do-gooders on the one hand and the special interests on the other. The minimum wage law is as clear a case as you could want. The special interests are, of course, the trade unions, the monopolistic craft trade unions in particular. The do-gooders believe that by passing a law saying that nobody shall get less than $2 an hour or $2.50 an hour or whatever the minimum wage is, you are helping poor people who need the money. You are doing nothing of the kind. What you are doing is to assure that people whose skills are not sufficient to justify that kind of a wage will be unemployed. It is no accident that the teenage unemployment rate, the unemployment rate among teenagers in this country, is over twice as high as the overall unemployment rate. It's no accident that that was not always the case. Until the 1950s, when the minimum wage law, uh, wage rate was raised very drastically, very quickly. You know, folks, on, on a very serious note, I don't mean to sound somber. This is not a, one of those sad, melancholy segments. When I started studying and reading Friedman's words and Thomas Sowell's words and Schumpeter and other great economists, Hayek, The Road to Serfdom, classics, classic books. You know, I'm, it, it changed my life. I, I, I remember reading something somewhere. I hate quotes, as you know, but once in a while they're illuminating. I read somewhere once that there were two kinds of people um, that see the world differently. The super rich and the super political. The super rich people, they see the world differently because nothing has value because nothing, whatever they want, they can have. It doesn't, they don't value it like you. I always wanted a Dodge Viper. And you know, it's interesting now that I can afford one, I don't want it anymore because I don't, I don't know. I just valued it more when I couldn't like, I knew it was that, that thing you just couldn't, you know, like the Ren and Stimpy don't push the red button and then you can push the red and you're disappointed. Like and when I wanted it so bad because I think I couldn't have it. It's kind of like that girlfriend you had when you were 18. You know, you don't really treat her that great, whatever. She dumps you and then all of a sudden you're like crying. Oh my gosh. Oh, Tanya, take me back. I never dated a Tanya. I'm just pulling that name out of my room. Would it take me back, right? Well, that's what happened with me, with, with these knowledge, with these, when I got super political. The super rich see things differently because nothing matters and the super political do as well. Because you start to, when I say super political, I mean people who are really deeply involved in the behind the scenes facts and figures about politics. 
your whole world changes. When I started and discovered Friedman, ladies and gentlemen, I never looked at anything the same way again. And I was, it was interesting. I was listening to a really spectacular podcast. One of my favorite podcasts is a guy by the name of Russ Roberts. He does a show called Econ Talk. It's really terrific. Comes out once a week. It's very good. And back in October, I heard for the, because I've been delayed. I haven't been listening to the show for a while because of stuff going on in my life, but I'm finally catching up on all their episodes. And back in October, he had a, and one of the most fascinating podcasts I've heard in a while. He had a guy on, I just heard it this weekend, Dwayne Betts. Dwayne Betts is an interesting story. He was a, a guy who at 16 was involved in a carjacking with a gun, wound up spending, I think it was like six years in prison, whatever it may be. And I didn't think this podcast would be that fascinating. I really didn't. And the stories about how this guy, Dwayne Betts, he really came around through books in prison and now wants to get this library of books in prison for inmates to be able to read and educate themselves. And on its face, you're like, right, Joe? You're like, ah, interesting, but, yeah. you know, not really like a barn burner. No, I'm telling you. I, and it only clicked on because the way podcasts work, especially in some of these platforms is the minute one of the old ones stops playing, a new one, I didn't even want to listen to it. It started playing because it's the only one I hadn't heard. And I'm wind up, I'm in taking a shower after I've got the phone in the shower, like in the shower on the thing. It was like almost getting wet. That's how fascinating it was. And I bring it up in context of this because he said some things in there this guy, Dwayne, and I don't know if he's a liberal conservative or not. He, you know, he didn't really get into politics, but he did mention how Russ Roberts, who's a big Adam Smith free market guy, um, how he had started listening to Econ Talk and how Dwayne Betts, the former prisoner, had been turned on to the works of Adam Smith, one of the great economic legends in human history. And you could hear in Betts' voice how his life changed when he's hearing that. Folks, you start listening to Friedman and Thomas Sowell and others, watch some of their videos out there, read some of their books, and I'm telling you, you're going to see everything totally differently. You're going to realize these liberals have been lying to you. Everything they've been telling you is a lie. I know that sounds harsh, and I know some Democrats who listen to my show who are on the fence. I ran into a guy again at the fair this week, and he came up to me. He said, hey, can I take a selfie? I said, yeah, sure. We're taking a picture. He just moved down here from Manhattan. And I said to him, must be nice getting, true story, must be nice getting away from those liberals. Kid you not. You know what the guy said to me? I am one. I looked at him. I said, why do you listen to my show? He said, I just think you're interesting. You know who you are. <laughs> it's nice to me. I said, well, you're, you're, I'm honored you listen to my show. I meant to Joe. I'm like, I'm honored you listen to my show. Thank you. I'm talking to guys like that. How do you listen to what Friedman just said? One of the great explainers of common sense economics in the history of sentient human beings. How do you listen to that and argue with it? Change your life forever. All right, let me get to uh, my next sponsor. Then I want to get to another story that really should shock you in a way, in a bad way. I, you know, I'm sorry, but we still got, we got to wake ourselves up out of the doldrums. Some of us are still in that. We lost, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. There's no done. Everybody's got to dust off, get up. 2024 is around the corner, but it's a story about justice being dead in this country. It should really scare you. Today's show brought to you by friends at Patriot Mobile. Just like I'm taking on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, Patriot Mobile is taking on the mobile provider Swamp. And they have great news to share. Patriot Mobile just expanded their coverage, which will make it easier for even more Americans to dump the big name carriers who charge way too much and then donate the money to leftists. I am proud to partner with Patriot Mobile because they never send a penny to the left. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Plus, you can switch with confidence because they use the same network as the larger providers, but charge much less. Switching is easy. Keep your phone number, bring your own phone or buy a new one. Build your own bundle with multi-line discounts and save even more. 
Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Dan or use a U.S.-based customer service team at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Veterans and first responders save even more because we love you. This month, get free premiere activation where they set up the phone for you and a special gift. Go today. Don't wait. Use the offer code Dan, D-A-N. PatriotMobile.com slash Dan, offer code Dan, PatriotMobile.com slash Dan, or 972-PATRIOT. Call today, save money, get excellent service, PatriotMobile.com slash Dan. All right. Sorry if I went on a little bit about Friedman and stuff like that, but it's important. It really will change your life. You will never see anything the same way again, ever. Everything you read, everything you you uh, you you see on mo- in movies, you'll catch all kinds of hidden messages and stuff. It'll change your entire life. All right, moving on. This is another article in the show notes. I really need you to read. Um, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Washington Times. Exclusive. It just came out this morning, right before we came on the air, along with the dreadful Supreme Court story that they're going to hear. They have uh, allowed the, the New York, uh, what is it? Uh, the Manhattan AG, Manhattan District Attorney, Cy Vance, to get Trump's taxes and another witch hunt, but they're not going to hear the Pennsylvania election case. You know, priorities, folks, priorities. Mm. Supreme Court's been a total disaster. I don't trust Kavanaugh one bit. I'm sorry, I just don't. But this story matters. Washington Times, exclusive. Biden team colluded with Iran to foil Trump diplomacy by Ben Wolfgang and Guy Taylor, Washington Times. Ladies and gentlemen, none of this is surprising. What is surprising is how openly in contempt liberals and Democrats, how the contempt for our justice system they have. We just lived, am I wrong, Joe? Through a five-year witch hunt of Lieutenant General Mike Flynn under the ridiculous allegation that he contacted a Russian ambassador in violation of the Logan Act. I'll get to what the Logan Act is in a minute. But the gist of it is this. As a private citizen, you shouldn't negotiate with foreign governments without the permission of our government, right? You get that? Mike Flynn went through a five-year disaster where the full weight and force of the United States government was thrown at him because allegedly he communicated with a foreign government. Yet what's really weird is the Democrats do it openly with enemies of the United States And not only does nothing happen, John Kerry gets an appointment as the climates are. Ladies and gentlemen, justice is dead in this country. Bury it. It's over. There is no justice system. None. There's no court system. There's more I have to say on that later, too. A case that involved me. In time. In time. Justice is dead. Read this from the Washington Post. John Kerry. Meeting with enemies of the United States during the Trump administration. The attempted counter-diplomacy offers a window into the deep relationships Iran's Zarif forged with U.S. Uh, with influential U.S. liberals over the past decade. These relationships blossom. It's like a dating game here. Into what high-level national security intelligence sources say allowed the Iranian regime to bypass Mr. Trump and work directly with Obama administration veterans that... Tehran, or if you want to be as official, so Tehran, they always said, hope they would soon return to pets. Tehran, Tehran, you don't have to sound so pretentious. One of those was former Secretary of State John Kerry, who met with Zarif during the Trump years. So did, well, it's not just Kerry, Joe, not just Kerry. So did Obama-era Energy Secretary Ernest Moniz. 
They, along with Mr. Malley, were top U.S. negotiators of the 2015 JCPOA. As part of the deal, Tehran promised to limit its nuclear enrichment activities in exchange for economic sanctions relief and tens of billions of dollars in frozen bank accounts. I, I, I thought we were just told, I thought over five years, we were told that the Logan Act, if you dare to negotiate with a foreign government, foreign government doesn't even have to be an enemy of the United States, like the death to America, Iranians. I thought we were told, Joe, that's a federal offense. Here is the actual Logan Act, in case you think I'm making this up. Uh, hat tip Cornell Law. The Logan Act, 18 U.S.C. 953, makes it illegal for U.S. citizens to engage in unauthorized foreign diplomacy, including to influence the measures or conduct uh, or conduct of any foreign government or to defeat the measures of the United States. Oh. Sounds like exactly what John Kerry and Ernest Moniz did. Why aren't they being investigated or prosecuted? Well, number one, let's be honest. The Logan Act is probably unconstitutional. There's a 99% chance it would get thrown out immediately. You may say, so Dan, if you're recommending that, that they investigate John Kerry and Ernest Moniz for violations of the Logan Act, you just said it'd be unconstitutional. Yeah, it is. It is. It'll probably be thrown out. But that's not the point. New rules, right? You remember my new rules show? The new rules are the Logan Act is to be used as a viable enforcement tool to keep people from doing what John Kerry did. They used it to prosecute Mike Flynn. So if justice is justice and the U.S. Justice Department actually believes the Logan Act is real because they tried to prosecute Mike Flynn for it, then why aren't they interviewing at a minimum John Kerry and Ernest Moniz? The answer is because justice is dead. Bury it. Justice is blind. Justice is blind to Democrats, just not to Republicans. You may say, Dan, that sounds like an unprincipled decision. No, no, it's principled, all right. You're saying it's unconstitutional. Yeah, let's test that out. Justice Department just told us after their prosecution of Mike Flynn that it was necessary to enforce the Logan Act. Now what, a Democrat's in office and it's no longer necessary? Why is that? Oh, because they're a Democrat. The only way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm contemplating what I'm going to talk about in CPAC this weekend, but I'm strongly considering going over Alinsky's rules. The dreaded Saul Alinsky. But his rules work. And what's one of his rules we've been discussing? We've been discussing over the last few weeks. Make your political opponents live by their own rules, folks. The Democrats' rules during the Trump years where the Logan Act is real. Okay. We're going to make you live by those rules. See how you like it. Of course, nobody will. Because justice is dead. Bury it. Stick a fork in it. All right, I got a couple things coming up. I'm going to get to my next sponsor here, uh, last one. But I've got a couple things coming up. Uh, let's see on time. We should be. You know what? We're going to have to skip the Blaze story. Got to go right to the video at the end. We'll do Wall Street Journal, Wall Street Journal. You like how I walk through this on the air and then we'll do a video. I want to leave you with a really good. These are the heroes of the day today. And it's a story. It's going to put a little smile on your face. This video at the end. A lot of you are going to know what it is. It is the 41 year anniversary of one of the most special moments in my life and the lives of many others. I don't want to say too much. Stay tuned. It's coming up right after this. Today's show, right after this uh, spot. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Bravo Company Manufacturing. Ladies and gentlemen, when the founding fathers crafted our incredible constitution, the first thing they did was ensure the right of the individual to share ideas without limitation by the government. You know how strongly I believe in liberty and personal freedom. The founders understood this was the cornerstone of a great civilization. And in the Second Amendment, they guaranteed an individual the right to protect it, to protect themselves, to protect their families. 
Bravo Company Manufacturing builds a professional-grade rifle built to combat standards. Do you understand what I'm saying here? They design, engineer, and manufacture life-saving equipment. These are not sporting rifles. There's nothing wrong with sporting rifles. If you're into sport, sport shooting or hunting, those are great. Those are their equipment. That's not what BCM builds. BCM builds rifles that when they leave the shop, they assume will be used, God forbid, but in a life or death situation by a responsible citizen, law enforcement officer, or a soldier overseas. Quality is of utmost importance to them. They are the finest rifles in the business. I have two of them. They are my go-tos. Every component of a BCM rifle is hand-assembled here in America and Heartland, Wisconsin to a life-saving standard. Again, these aren't sporting rifles. This is life-saving equipment. Folks, to learn more about these incredible rifles, on point every single time, reliable, life-saving equipment built to top level, the highest standards. How do I get one of these? Well, I have a couple. Sorry. You need to go. Go to Bravo Company MFG, like MaryFrankGeorge.com. Bravo Company MFG.com. Discover more about the product, special offers, and upcoming news. That's Bravo Company MFG.com. You can also check out their YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bravo Company USA. Check them out. These rifles are top, top notch. I can personally vouch for them on point every single time. Okay. Quick, I want to get these two Wall Street Journal stories because we're talking about Friedman and the Democrats like Ro Khanna and their lack of a basic understanding of basic economics. You know, two plus two equals 76 to them because they just don't understand things like math, arithmetic. It's not their thing. It's not their wheelhouse. So there is a spending package for $1.9 trillion uh, in the hopper right now that could possibly get passed, folks. The Wall Street Journal has a piece on it today. The non-COVID spending blowout. Now, there are a lot of grossly offensive things in this bill, including the price tag, $1.9 trillion. We don't even have. Don't worry, we'll print it. Don't worry about inflation or anything like that. Modern monetary theorists have told us inflation's not real. You could just print money, whatever. If you did it, it'd be called counterfeiting. When the government does it, they call it quantitative easing and monetary theory. <laughs> but one of the most offensive portions of this bill is a state bailout. You know what? I- I'm going to read these pieces from the piece in a second, but I, you know what? I, I No, 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 no. We're not doing that. I moved to Florida to get away from spendthrifts in New York and Maryland. I'm not interested. I love my family in Florida, uh, excuse me, in New York. I love my friends up in Maryland. You're all great. There's a lot of great conservatives up there, but they have a government in these states that has spent their citizens' money within the states that they don't have. They have taxed them into oblivion. I'm not paying your bills. I'm not interested. The answer is a big fat no. I'm not interested in a state bailout ever. No. This is what's in the bill. Wall Street Journal, quote, start with the $350 billion for state and local governments in cities and counties, even as state revenues have largely recovered since the spring. Democrats also changed the funding formula to ensure most of the dollars go to blue states that imposed strict economic lockdowns. No, folks. No. Big no. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Call your congressmen and congresswomen and senators today. This bill is a big, big no. You want to work on some targeted measures for the unemployed? Have at it. You'll probably get some decent Republican support. Bailouts for Cuomo and Newsom in their states that tax their citizens into oblivion and spend boatloads of money they don't have on crappy government programs that don't work? Big no. I'm not paying. We're not interested. I live in Florida where there's some degree of fiscal sanity. I don't want to bail you out. 
I have no interest in that. There is a fundamental unfairness in that. Folks, you know, I spent my graduate years in a psychology program, neuropsychology and behavioral learning, and I loved it. And one of the things I picked up early in that program, even animal research, what bothers animals is not their state, but their relative state. What do I mean by that? You can give an animal as much food in the world, so they're totally satiated. They have no more hunger left, whatever. You give a rat 65 pellets of food, a dog, whatever. The dog's a better example. That dog, even though it's not even hungry anymore, will get irritated and show signs of irritation if you give another dog in another cage he can see more food than you gave him. Why? Why, why, does, why, why does the dog care? The dog's not hungry anymore. Because even animals are bothered by fundamental unfairness and what they'd call what? Inequality or inequity. Folks, there's a fundamental, and you want to argue like liberals, inequality, and how is this fair? I live in a state that controls their budgets, in Florida that controls their tax base, that is a pro-business environment, and for all of our successes in Florida and Christy Noem, South Dakota, cited in the piece, we now have to pay for your fiscal mistakes in New York and California? No, nuh-uh. Nope, no thanks. You can pull that right out of there. Even worse, here's another article from last week I didn't get to, but it's important. So Democrats not only want to make you in Florida and Texas and elsewhere pay for the profligacy of New York, California, and Illinois, and they'll make it a model for the future, by the way, which will lead to inflation and another blowout for our budget. They also want to bring back earmarks. This was a great piece last week by Kim Strassel in the Wall Street Journal. She says, return of the swamp creatures. Democrats prepare to bring back earmarks. Republicans should resist the temptation. Making this article even worse, go to this whole screenshot. Why are Democrats bringing back pork spending? Hey, Congressman so-and-so, we'll give you a billion for that bridge to nowhere in your district. All you got to do is wink and a nod, vote for this budget to bail out the states. Well, why are they doing it? Let me read this quote. And I want you to pay very, very close attention to the last sentence in this. Very close attention. Well, because Democrats are choosing power. According to, according to reports, Ms. DeLauro and Senate Appropriations Chairman Patrick Leahy, Democrats, will announce that earmarks are welcome in the annual spending. Pork is back. Pork is back, folks. Why would Democrats risk such a move? Politico explains that Steny Hoyer, House Majority Leader, has reassured his Democrats that they won't suffer since the effort, Joe, will be bipartisan. Hmm. Democrats are banking on spend-thirsty Republicans to provide cover. Nope, nope, no way. Thank you, jury's in. That ain't happening. Folks on the phone today, again, number one topic for your congressman or senator, we're not doing that $1.9 trillion bailout bill to bail out the profligate states. We're not doing that, number one. And the second thing you you have to bring up, hey, I hear you guys are bringing back earmarks because the Democrats are telling their caucus that some Republicans are down for the earmarks too. No, 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 we're not. No, we're not. No, no, that's a big no. That's a no-ski. We're not doing that. Thank you. Doesn't surprise me that sellout GOPers would support this crap. But it does surprise me that they think you're stupid enough to go along with it. But here's the second part of this. They need this as a cudgel. Why? Because they don't have a majority in the Senate. It's split 50-50. Yeah, with Kamala Harris's vote, they could win, uh, they could get that tie-breaking vote. 
But they need a cudgel against Democrats who tend to be more moderate on some issues like Joe Manchin in West Virginia. So the piece goes on. They say earmarks help the leadership govern. People who don't listen to leadership don't get the earmarks. And people who do, do. So next time West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin is the one vote standing in the way against the radical legislative proposal, Chucky Schumer will have the means to threaten or entice him into submission. They call him Mr. Schumer. I added the Chucky. That's what they're doing. And of course, sell out Republicans who love to spend your money will go along. OPM, folks. You know what OPM is? Some of you federal employees are like, the Office of Personnel Management. No, 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 no. OPM. You know what OPM? Other people's money. Everybody loves spending OPM, don't they? Everyone. It's not yours. Republicans are more than happy to spend other people's money on pork in their districts. Don't want it. Don't want it. I'll be letting my congressman know, too. All right, let's end with this video today. You know, we've been, been trying to, it's, it, the times are dour right now and everybody's a little melancholy. I've seen it. Candidly, folks, I've seen it in the, the numbers. Everybody's down across the board. Fox, Ben Shapiro, our show a little bit, others. I get it. You know, people are frustrated, but it is. It's time to dust off and get back in the mix. We have to. So I've been trying to leave you with some cool stories at the end of the show we can all feel pretty solid about. Well, today is the 41-year anniversary of what? The Miracle on Ice. I'm getting goosebumps. It is my all-time, not favorite, it may be my all-time favorite story ever. What was the Miracle on Ice? In 1980, the U.S. was in a similar place, folks. We were coming out of the stagflation era. People were, Joe, you can vouch for this, right? I mean, I was young. At the I very was young. young, yeah. But, I, yeah, you, you remember 1980. I mean, it was just they the malaise era. We were wondering if the country's best days were behind us. You had the growing Soviet threat. It just was a rough time. Stagflation, inflation, plus high unemployment. The Phillips curve broke down. Jimmy Carter, <laughs> Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter's disastrous presidency was ending. The United States really needed that moment. And in the 1980 Olympics, the United States hockey team provided it. Just to provide context, what an upset this victory over the Soviet Union was in that hockey game. There were 12 teams seated in that, in that 1980 U.S. Olympics. You know what the United States, who wound up winning the gold medal, was seated? What, Joe? Two, three? <laughs> Seven. Seventh out of 12. For liberals, that's the bottom half. I know math is not your strong suit. They had also played the vaunted Soviet Empire hockey team, which had slayed in the U.S. Olympics since the 60s. They had played them in a scrimmage game in Madison Square Garden earlier before the Olympic uh, hockey uh, tournament kicked off and got smoked 10 to 3 and were never even in the game ever. One more thing. The Soviet beast, that hockey team was just beastly good in 1980. Outscored in that Olympics, their opponents, 51 to 11. And a bunch of college kids took him down in 1980. Here are the final minutes. And um, this is just what, this is this, one of those moments that really, if this doesn't give you goosebumps, nothing will. Probably the greatest sports upset in the history of sports. 
1980 when we needed it most, showing you the U.S. will always come back once we hit the trough. There's always there's always a mountain peak right ahead. Check this out. The legend off gets checked by Ramsey. McClanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to Silk. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in I can't watch that without mm. getting goosebumps. I just wow. can't. It is the greatest sports moment, it, unquestionably. Un, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't take questions on that. Unquestionably in the history of sports. And it's one of those moments where if you saw it, everybody remembers where they were when it happened. Even the Olympics were a disaster before that. Even the Olympic, they had all kinds of logistics problems. But remember one thing about that victory. A lot of people who don't remember that think that was the gold medal game. It wasn't. Herb Brooks, the amazing coach of that team, Herb Brooks was a motivator, one of the finest motivators we've ever seen in the coaching realm. There was another game for the gold medal after that. And the day after that, what, 500 to one upset victory over the Soviet empire in that hockey game? The day after, Herb Brooks had him back on the ice practicing intensely and vigorously because they had another game against Finland. And Herb Brooks said his famous line. I'm going to read it to you. It's three sentences. Speaks well about the United States too. Herb said to him before the gold medal game against Finland when they could have blown it, they just defeated the Soviet Empire. Imagine losing that in the gold medal game after that. He looked them all in the eye and he said, you were born to be a player. You were meant to be here. This moment is yours. You know what? We're at the bottom now. Maybe this moment is ours too. When we think we've been defeated, we think it's all over. Maybe this is the start of something great in 2022 and 2024. I don't mean to introduce politics into what was a great nonpartisan moment, but it's the greatest country on earth in the history of sentient human beings. We can fix it. We can. It'd be hard. We're dealing with a lot, but we can. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to the video show. We put a lot of video cuts in here for you as well as audio. Try to keep both of our listeners happy, audio and video. But we really appreciate it if you subscribe to the video account. We're working hard. It's free, of course, to you. no cost to you whatsoever. Just go to Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino, rumble.com slash Bongino. Just click subscribe. We are shockingly at almost 1.5 million subscribers. We'd like to get there soon, but we need you to do it. Rumble.com slash Bongino and make BonginoReport.com your home for morning news. Appreciate you tuning in, folks. Thanks again. See you tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.